All right, let's do it. Carnival, I can't believe it. Oh, I cannot. Oh, that was real racist. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> Here, let's move this a little closer. We may not be quite picking up. Ah, uh, there we go. It wasn't All like right. our last episode wasn't, you know, misogynistic in the least. Oh, jeez, not at all. I mean, yeah. go- I'm going off about Angelina Jolie being a whore, and you say <laughs> older women can't find love. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> but that's not misogynistic. That's just true. <laughs> Okay. Oh wow! We're bringing this I would one like screeching all over. To here. apologize to our female listeners <laughs> and our Asian listeners. <laughs> no, uh, not so much. Not so much. They can okay. take it. Oh uh, yeah, they're tough. All right. So <laughs> once again, another episode of Can You Fucking Believe It? Which I have to say, this whole times table of our episodes may be a little screwy. Because we are having these tef- technical difficulties with our host, and they seem to not be able to be resolved quickly. So the, we may be delaying these episodes, or we may just give you like a one-two punch. A bonanza. Yeah, we may just release them day after, one after another, <laughs> and you people just be overwhelmed. With but, us. With, with us. <laughs> As if you're not already. Exactly. Like, we have just too much to handle. Exactly. Okay. So, what do we got? Let's see. We did our uh, uh, oh. the summer preview last week. Yes. Um, and I actually haven't seen any of the movies that we previewed. <laughs> <laughs> I think you saw one, you said, right? I did. I went to see the Robin of the Hood with the thingy and the person. And the guy with the thing? Yes. Sweet. And uh, I gotta say, I don't know. I love Ridley Scott. Okay. But more and more, it's like he's not paying attention. (laughs) He's like, oh, that'll be pretty. Who gives a fuck? I don't know. (laughs) Whatever. Just, 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 you know, move over there and, you know, say something Robin Hoodish. And uh, and we'll move on. (laughs) As if there's not even a script. You know, Robin Hoodish. But what, what does he say? Stuff like tally-ho and all that shit? <laughs> it's, it's kind of miscast. Okay. Because for the story it's supposed to be, they're just too old. And um, it's goofy in places where it shouldn't necessarily be goofy. Well, okay, I'm, but you said that you're talking about being, them being too old. Well, Russell Crowe doesn't really strike me as... Because wasn't Robin Hood supposed to be a relatively young guy? I mean, Russell Crowe's in his 40s. Well, but so was Kevin Costner. But he's... Mm. They, they, he was a little more youthful. That seemed to make more sense. I don't know. Yeah. But in this one, because it's like an origin story. Okay. So it's, all, it's kind of how Robin comes back, meets Mary, and they fall in love. Of course. And then they, they, uh, they like fight with King John... And repel the French uh, who are trying to invade France. And then King The French John are trying to invade France? In- England. Yeah. <laughs> you thought I wasn't paying attention. Uh, I suspected. Um, <laughs> but, and then, uh, then King John gets all pissy for no apparent reason and, <laughs> and declares Robin Hood an outlaw and then they move into the forest and that's the end of the movie. So essentially, the rest of the Robin Hood legend, which is what people is really know, something else, you know, is you another movie. You think they're saving that for the sequel? Apparently, but it—I mean, you know, obviously, it's a Ridley Scott movie. It's pretty, but it just it wasn't all there, and I, I just, you know. He has a lot of cachet of good feeling with me, obviously, being right. my, you know... Yeah, yeah. I hate to say it anymore, but being my, like, all-time favorite director. Um, but uh, it's wearing thin after the, after the last decade of Ridley Scott movies. Only one of really? which I really loved. Wow. I never thought I'd hear that come out of your mouth. Well, I, honestly, he's pursuing the... Uh, I mean, anymore, he's, he's stuck in this... This era of, uh, you know, making essentially sword and sandal pictures. Right. And um, it's kind of, I don't know, maybe it's just become old hat, but it seems like old hat. Yeah, well, I can see like that. Like, he's getting a little lazy about Yeah, it. yeah, I can see that. I mean, it, you'd think that at some point he would want to do something, 
you know, the the guy made Blade Runner and he made you know, he made Gladiator when that genre was completely dead and buried, and he you know he made all these movies that people kind of considered somewhat uh, daring, whatever. Right. You would think that he wouldn't necessarily want to just sit back and make the same movie over and over again. Right. But that tends to happen, though, to people. It does. I mean, look at somebody like, uh, and for some reason this popped to mind, like Sam Peckinpah. They, people thought he was really like sort of revolutionary when he mm. first started doing his real violent stuff and everything else. But then he kept making the movies, the same movie over and over again, basically. Yeah. Well, at least the same level of violence over and over again, and people became inured. Well, yeah, and you can even go to like, say, John Woo. Uh, yeah, you know. well, Woo never evolved any stylistically. It was always with the double-fisted guns and slow The dove and flying the, up behind yeah, him. And, exactly. Well, okay. But, I haven't seen Robin of the Hood with the thing and the guy, but... Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of middling for me. It's like, well, if, 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 if you're interested, go see it. If you're not interested, it's probably not going to be great. If you're not going, ooh, I want to see that, then you probably won't. Right. Yeah. Well, who was it? And I forget. Who was it that plays the Sheriff of Nottingham? In this movie? Yeah. Nobody. Nobody. Which is odd for a movie that was originally titled Nottingham and in, and intended to be the reverse story right. of Robin Hood, and they rewrote it so that it's just a Robin Hood movie. Because I could swear that I read something about it where it was talking about, and maybe they're talking about the guy who played the king. Maybe I was a little confused by that. Pardon my French, and I'm not trying to be racist, but um, why would you hire an Arab to play an English king? That confused who, what, who was me. it? It was just uh, I don't know, but oh. but uh, it, it, the guy was a Middle Eastern. Yeah, he, well, he looked it. Really? Yeah. Weird. And, and I know you know we all like to pick the swarthy gentleman to be the bad guys, but it, <laughs> it's a little old hat. And I'm so, but Danny Houston as um, Richard the Lionheart was uh, really borderline casting there. Yeah. I mean, you Weird. know, you got this kind of upper crusty New York guy with really good elocution, <laughs> and he's trying to pull off playing Richard the Lionheart. It just doesn't quite work, and the you know all the curly locks hanging down really made him look a little bit ridiculous. Well, that's the kind of the problem with those type of movies. Really, is that you you ha- you have this line between wanting it to be somewhat realistic mm. and then also but you also want it to you also want people to recognize that particular sort of archetype right and you have to it seems to me and I could you know I could and probably am wrong <laughs> but you have to walk this real thin line between saying what's more realistic because you can't just have these Robin Hood movies like Errol Flynn anymore right. but you can't also have just this total you can't go completely the other way. Either. Right. I mean, maybe it's because the Robin Hood I grew up with had Richard the Lionheart played by Sean Connery. Yeah. And that seemed correct. I've been on the crusade. Ha ha. Come, Sean Connery. I got paid one million dollars to be in this movie for one day. <laughs> but eh, eh. It doesn't sound like exactly a condemnation or an endorsement. It wasn't. It's not like I like hated going to see it, but I was like, it's a letdown because it's Ridley. Yeah, I understand that. I get that. You know, and I did want to mention, because I think when we had talked about it, I had forgotten this, but uh, Prince of Persia. I, find, I saw you know a trailer, and I realized that for some reason they asked him to do an English accent. Yeah. And it sounds embarrassing. I know. I, that's funny because I was just watching, uh, t- for the first time practically in, I don't know, however long, I was watching TV last night because mm-hmm. uh, I was watching a basketball game um, and they had a trailer or a commercial, I guess not really a trailer, for Prince of Persia and I, I recognized the same thing. I went, why is Jake Gyllenhaal doing an English accent? Isn't he supposed to be Prince of Persia? <laughs> Shouldn't, if anything, he be doing a Persian accent? <laughs> I don't know how you do that, but but 
Yeah, well, whenever we go into antiquity as Americans, we just give them English accents. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, he's an Argentinian prince from the 1600s. it sounds foreign to, you know, people in Kansas City. Um, <laughs> and I don't mean anything bad to people from Kansas City. Maybe let's, I should have said Canton, Ohio. But Let's narrow down our prejudices right now. So if you're an Asian person from Kansas City, blow me. <laughs> oh, oh. So anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Um, Good lord, what was I saying? But, um, but yeah, uh, Prince of Persia, English accent, ridiculous. I mean, come on, anytime. It's like you cast Ben Kingsley and he can be anything. Sure. Because he's got the English accent, so he can so he, fit in any time period, in any part of the world, yeah, you just a, make him an, with an English accent. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of just this universal. He's, uh, foreign. But not <laughs> that foreign. Right. You know. So you can still watch it. Yeah, right. Without going, Danny accent, so confusing. <laughs> Although I have actually talked to people who are like, you know, sometimes I just can't figure out that English accent. I'm like, what? Well, when you're talking about somebody like Ben Kingsley or whatever, <laughs> that's fine. I mean, I would, uh, I would understand. Yeah, I mean, Robert Carlyle, no one can understand. I was going to just say, you know, these movies by Guy Ritchie. Oh. You, I mean... You, they're speaking quote-unquote English, <laughs> but it's like half the time you're going, yeah. what, what? Sometimes, though, I don't, I don't want to get off track, but sometimes I'm watching TV. Oh, Lord forbid. And, um, and they have, you know, they have these, these stories with people from overseas, people with different accents, immigrants, blah, 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 blah. And they, they, you, know, you get to that point where their English is a little bit difficult and they start to subtitle it. I'm like, that's still intelligible. Yeah, yeah. Why are you subtitling yeah. this? Right. It's English. It's still English. I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah, no, I, I, it's funny, though, because uh, there have been movies where... And see, I could never quite figure out if this was a joke or not. Where And this was a, the perfect example to me. Was the, lo- <sighs> the newest Longest Yard uh-huh. with Adam Sandler. I never saw it. Which it... I can't, it's almost like blasphemy to me that they would remake The Longest Yard with Adam Sandler, but whatever. Um, there's this guy in it who, he's this giant guy, and they cast him because he's this giant guy. That's why they cast him. Right. Uh, he's almost like a Michael Clark Duncan type, but oh. he's probably even bigger. <laughs> and I don't, I, I think he's either Spanish or Mexican. He looks a little more Spanish to me. Uh-huh. And he's speaking English, and you can understand him, but they subtitle him. And I could never understand if that was supposed to be just sort of a joke, where they're like, you know, yeah, this guy, you know, it's like you can understand him, but you're still getting the subtitles, haha. Yeah. Or if they were going, the Adam Sandler movie is aiming at everybody in <laughs> Kansas City or Omaha or where Dubuque or whatever. <laughs> um, and so they may not actually be able to understand him. And it, it was always this conundrum to me yeah because on one hand subtitling the english might actually kind of be funny right kind of like in crank 2 when they were subtitling uh by Ling. <laughs> i'm sure that was well a joke. but she was unintelligible through most of that movie uh, like every yeah. now and again you pick out a word but yeah uh, well but i could never quite figure out like i said if that was a joke or if that was because well, if it's a joke, it's kind of funny. But if it's a, if it's not a joke, you're going, oh wow, uh, <laughs> you know, why don't you just call me an idiot? I know it's a, well, I don't know. Anyway, okay. Anyway, so I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get off. Uh, of course, I do. But so it seems to me that previously, when in the history of movies, you had foreign actors and actresses uh-huh. who would come in and speak with an accent. People mm-hmm. like Sophia Loren mm-hmm. and Ingrid Bergman. You could tell they had an accent and were not American. Sure. These days, when you find somebody like uh, Diana Kruger, uh-huh. they for, you know she's forced to talk like this all the time to get <laughs> rid of that German accent. Well, the best example to me would be somebody like uh, Christian Bale. Yeah. I would be willing to bet you that... Or Nicole Kidman. Yeah, I'd be willing to bet you she that... She sounds sometimes really bad when she tries yeah, to iron out that accent. Yeah, but I would be willing to bet you that, like, Christian Bale and even, like, Russell Crowe, those two actors, some people out there, the movie-going general public, might not even know they were mm-hmm. foreign. Until they watch, like, the special features on something. Yeah, because especially Christian Bale. 
He seems to be able to do a pretty good American accent. His mouth gets a little weird. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. is It's like if he sounds right, and he looks more or less right, people aren't going to go, wait a minute, his T, his, his lower lip curled down just a little bit. You know, it's like people aren't going to... I know. It's the movies, Phil. It's the masses, the opiate of the masses. Well, that's TV. <laughs> that's TV, but you know what I mean. No, that's religion, according to... Oh, well, you know, well... According to the quote you're using, <laughs> let's get all heavy all of a sudden. <laughs> <Okay>. Exactly. <laughs> Do you hear the thud, people? Well, moving back a little bit, okay. uh, referencing our longest yard discussion, we will move to Stroker Ace. Stroker Ace. I watched Stroker Ace this week. Oh, great movie! With but... uh, uh, where the movie where infamously Bert Medlani. Yeah. And uh, Ned Beatty is the quote-unquote villain, if there is one. I'm not sure there's really a villain in that movie, though. I mean, he's, well, he makes Stroker put on a chicken uniform and, <laughs> yeah. and do stuff like that. But, uh, you know, that makes him the villain and, and puts him on the side of, of chicken buckets. Buckets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Which but... is really, really bad if you're Burt Reynolds. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's... Uh, yeah, Lonnie, Bert, and... Dead Beatty, and... Um, who's uh, Gomer Pyle? Oh, um, yeah. But, yeah, Gomer... Yeah, Gomer Pyle. Gomer Pyle and Ned Beatty, and, uh, and like, a, a bunch of actual racers in it. Yeah. Because uh, Stroker Ace is a NASCAR driver back in the 80s. Okay, let, yeah, this is, this, is the, this is the exposition of yes. this. Okay. So, Stroker Ace is, a, is the bad boy of race of NASCAR, um... And uh, blah blah blah. He loses his sponsor, and uh, Ned Beatty owns like this kind of low rent KFC called the Chicken Pit. And uh, <laughs> he's just such an appetizing name. Too. <laughs> and hey, uh, let's go to the Chicken Pit. And uh, so uh, Stroker A signs up to be to be endorsed by the Chicken Pit, <laughs> and uh, is rather upset to find the fastest chicken in the South uh, painted on his car. <laughs> um, Lonnie Anderson is is Ned Beatty's assistant, who and of course the blonde bombshell, you know whatever. Yeah, Lonnie Anderson. <laughs> yeah, basically Lonnie Anderson. <laughs> um, and she takes him around to all of his personal experiences, and they fall in love. And he's got this rivalry with Parker Stevenson, who's uh, the... Oh, I forgot Parker Stevenson. Yeah, okay. Uh, who's the you know guy he's vying with the, the, the title for that year, whatever. I don't know what they call it in NASCAR, but, uh, but yeah. What? Okay, just an aside here. Aside away. Okay. Uh, I think we should just call this the Aside Podcast. Anyway, (laughs) who would ever have thought to cast Parker Stevenson as a NASCAR driver? (laughs) I mean, obviously this was before, uh, you know, the classics of like short circuit um, uh, hackers. Nuh-uh, different. Parker Stevenson is the one with the really close eyes. Um, Who am I thinking of? I cannot remember his name. Okay. No. Okay. Sorry. I got way off track there. I got completely confused. Um, Parker Stevens. I always get those two confused too because their name, I think, is similar. But it's not that guy. It's a different guy. Oh, you know what? Okay. You're right. You're right. I remember who you're talking about now. Never mind. Um, Just (laughs) disregard that last... uh, a couple of minutes, or a minute there. So, yeah. Okay, so and, you Parker know, Stevenson is the guy he's buying yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, and so, you know, hilarity ensues, supposedly. Obviously. Gomer Pyle is his uh, mechanic, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Obviously, I mean. <laughs> well, golly, Stroker. Looks like you've got yourself an edge. And I, I, I was watching the, the, that movie and thinking about Bert. And there's nobody like Bert in Hollywood. No, anymore. they're to- there is totally you know, not. I was I was I was thinking it up, and I was like, you know, who is this guy today? There's nobody. The closest you can get to a guy who just makes kind of funny hick movies, which is what, for the most yeah. part, Bert nailed himself as. And that, sure, you know, Smokey and the Bandits. Oh yeah, yeah, yada yada, um, and Cannibal Run. 
probably. Yeah. But uh, the only guy who comes close is Will Ferrell. See, but yeah, he doesn't have the charm that Bert has. Not at all. Not even close. He's just. It's like he he takes the buffoon half of a right. Bert without combining it with the charm. Sure, and you know the only person I can think of at all that would come close to that is if if and see this is not this is not the case but this is sort of a hypothetical mm-hmm. if maybe maybe Vince Vaughn went that direction he might be able to pull it off well but he was never Vince always seems mean uh, I mean that's yeah. half of his humor is is mean and it and that's kind of why I don't like him because it becomes not fun sure um but i again i I think the Will Ferrell is apt. Yeah, it's the closest that I could think of. Yeah, but, but I think it, the the problem is with 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 Will Ferrell in that in that there's obviously a couple different problems with that comparison. <laughs> he likes the sort of I'm sort of making fun of the Hicks kind of thing, right? Um, but he doesn't, for like you said, he doesn't have the charm, mm-hmm. and he doesn't seem like he's actually sort of uh, even a little bit. In like knows enough about the culture or right. is enough into it to sort of fit in. Right. Well, you know, it's funny because I looked him up on IMDb. I never realized, you know, Bert actually is a hick. He's from Waycross, Georgia. Sure. I mean, you know, I mean, he's he's got the background. <laughs> right. But see, the thing is, too, is that women in the 70s, I mean, and people, people overlook this now. Yeah. But in the 70s, Burt Reynolds was the man. I mean, well, right. I, th- I think I was reading online that um, only one other person has, like, you know, because they do whatever the cinema score of who your who the most popular actors are that year. Right. He was the most popular actor in in Hollywood for five years consecutively, and only one other person has ever done that. Who's that? It was like Spencer Tracy or something. Really? Yeah, but wow. I mean, a couple people have more. Like it said, like Tom Hanks and, and uh, Tom Cruise had had more times at the top, but not consecutively. Wow. So from like like seventy seven to eighty two, Burt was, was Burt Reynolds. Yeah. No, and the, it's funny to me that people forget that mm-hmm. because he was. I mean, he was the man. You know, <laughs> and and he had. But the thing is, too, is that he had a bunch of movies that people do remember. I mean, The Longest Yard. If you're a sports fan, which obviously I am, you always <laughs> remember The Longest Yard. Yeah. I mean, that was a great football movie. Yeah, I mean, Smokey and the Bandit, mm-hmm. Cannonball Run. Mm-hmm. Um, Stroker Ace is sort of not on so the, much. Yeah, not as much. I mean, uh, after a while, it got a bit embarrassing to be Bert. You know, I, I also have on the DVR a cop and a half. Oh, so, Oh, maybe I'll give that a whirl. Yeah. We'll talk about it next week. Yeah, Netflix recommended that to me. When I, <laughs> when I clicked on put this in my queue, really? they recommended Cop and a Half, and I clicked on the not interested. <laughs> I but, can remember seeing a standee for that movie in the theater. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Well, but see, the thing, though, about Burt Bur- Reynolds is that um, he doesn't fit when you... Going back to what you said about uh, there's nobody like him in Hollywood right now, Just even just omitting the whole... Hick, you know, sort of he's doing the whole Southern Hick kind of thing. Right. Um, there's nobody like him in Hollywood anymore because of the fact that when he was doing the movies that he was doing, mm-hmm. he was this man's man and he would, uh, you know, he would like, he would seduce the women and he would make the jokes and he would drive the cars and he didn't have to be like, at, at one point in any of his movies... Oh, I just realized I'm so in love with you, and I'm, I feel so, you know. Well, right, and it's funny that you say that, because in Stroker Ace, like, the whole movie is going uh, leading up to, to um, Lonnie falling in love with him, but the really, they don't ever, like, she says it to him, like, oh, you know, I, I love you. And, uh, but the closest Bert ever gets is when she passes out, he doesn't screw her. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, it's like a 20-minute scene, but that's as, that's like as close as he comes to like saying, I love this girl. Right, and see, that's the thing. It's like, he was always like the guy's guy, uh-huh. you know? And tell me one guy in Hollywood now that has that, that has that throughout the movies that he's done, 
as opposed to even just like one movie. Okay, in one movie, say somebody was like, oh, you know, I'm the man. I'm going to be take the woman and right. whatever. But over the course of their Hollywood, say, five-year career, even just <laughs> one five-year career... Name one guy since Burt Reynolds has done that, and I can't, and I can't imagine that you'd be able to. Well, I mean, you probably then, get, you probably get, you, you throw in a Schwarzenegger, you throw in a, yeah. a Stallone. There used to be a lot of men's men in Hollywood, but the now difference you have boys, is, boys. sure, but the difference is between like the the Stallones and the Schwarzeneggers is that they weren't were, charming in the least. Yeah, that's true. That's right. You know, women would love Burt Reynolds because he'd be like, ooh, that guy, he's he's good looking, he's a man's man, and he's funny, yeah. you know, I mean, he, whatever, <laughs> got this big hat, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> 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 you know, but... Turd Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> but there's nobody that combines that, and, and it's funny to me because... You know, I was... Somebody thinking... told me this, okay, somebody told me one time, and this was a, a, a woman, told me that the... One of the things they loved about Burt Reynolds to this day, mm. and not just from the movies before, right. but like he was always like sort of the guy, you know, the, he was the guy, he had the unbuttoned shirt, the chest hair, the mustache, he <laughs> yeah. was like the guy's guy. But then the fact that he way later in life fucking uh, slapped that reporter... She thought that was the best thing ever. <laughs> She's like, you know what? Guys just don't do that anymore. It's you know, if somebody true. pisses you off, if you're a movie star, you don't just punch them right in front of all the cameras. <laughs> it's true. I don't know. Um, what was I going to say? I was wondering, and let's hear your thoughts. I'm okay. wondering, having watched Stroker Ace and thinking back to movies like Smokey and the Bandit and... Um, other of its ilk, uh, does Hollywood know how to make movies for Middle America anymore? Um, they okay. They know how to make movies for everyone. That's where you get movies like mm. Pirates of the Caribbean. That no matter who you are, you're probably going to go to like, and you're probably going to like. Sure. You're probably going to go to see it, and you're probably going to like it. Sure. But do they make movies that you for- know general people again in Omaha? are really going to like, or in Waycross, Georgia. Um, you know, I think what it is, is that there's not... Th- okay, there's a two-part answer to this. There's, there's the movies that are going to appeal to a broad spectrum of people when it comes to, like, say, something like... Um, say, for example, Talladega Nights. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, uh, ostensibly, would be aimed at everybody. Right. But they'd say, well, down in Georgia, they'd like it. It's about NASCAR. It's whatever. All right. It's going to, okay. you know, the yeah. jokes are going to resonate because they're yeah. going to feel somewhat familiar. Because right. they're somewhat true. Right. And then also, there's, I think, to me, the trend that I don't like almost the most is that there's the trend toward making movies... Uh, aimed at middle American women. Yeah. Where <clears throat> they're going to say to their boyfriends, hey, we got to go see this movie. It's this romantic comedy. Um, they may have a couple of these sort of guy jokes thrown in here and there. Mm. But I don't think, and I think more to the spirit of your question, I don't think that you're going to see a movie that's aimed specifically at, say, um, just to use a geographic example, and I'm sorry if anybody gets offended. Eh, no apologies. But like the Panhandle, Florida, to the Mississippi River, <laughs> to uh, as the far Ohio north as like yeah. the Ohio River. Yeah, there's so not, the south. Yeah, not even the Dixie. S- but the, yeah. well, those that's yeah. Dixie. Okay, there's, you're not going to see a movie aimed at that particular audience anymore. Whereas Smokey and true. the Bandit, I think that movie was predominantly aimed at that particular demographic. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't take Smokey and the Bandit and go to San Diego and say, hey, <laughs> you guys, uh, you know, identify with this? People would be like, what? No. What are <laughs> right. you talking about? It's illegal to take beer across the Mississippi River? What are you talking <laughs> about? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think that you're going to see that. I think that what you're going to see is the, like, and this is sort of a, a beef I have with the movie industry, is that if you took a movie like Smokey and the Bandit, mm-hmm. and you went to, to to take it to whoever, Paramount, Fox, whoever, these days, and said, look, 
what you're going to find is that maybe not necessarily people in Minnesota or New York or California are going to watch this, but there's people in the whole entire southeastern region of the United States. They're going to love it. And they'd be like, but, well, you can't do that. You have to have an opening weekend of whatever. You can't just have this movie that's going to resonate with this particular audience. Right. You know? And I think that, to some, that's, I think in some ways that's a detriment. Sure. But because it, it takes some of the interest about out of movies when you're only making them for everybody. Sure. Like, okay, say for example, you and me, we decided we were going to make a movie about the, uh, the you know, Denver. Uh-huh. And nobody would release it. Nobody. Yeah. Even if it was just on, like, the Comcast Denver affiliate, whatever. <laughs> they wouldn't make... Nobody yeah. would give us money for that. Pretty much. But uh, what was I going to say? It was... Um, Crap, I don't know. You have something good. Well, here's, here's an interesting thing, though, that I just thought of when I said making a movie about Denver. Uh-huh. Here, where we live is so <laughs> in between these quote-unquote real recognizable sections of the country right. that it would be super hard for, for somebody to make a movie about, say, the Rocky Mountain region because there's no real... Yeah, there, there's very little left there that's identifiable unless you're a rancher or something. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, in the there's, city of okay, Denver, for all intents and purposes, we act just like Californians. Mm. And sort of. I mean, we've the, the, we've now got the outdoor malls and yada yada yada. Yeah, so but see, here's the thing, though. What I what more what I was talking about is okay. The, you you take the regions, which people like. If you said, what are the regions of the country? Right. Okay. You got the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And you, even if you want to break it down a little bit more, there's the the California sort of just California on its own. Um, there's the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. There's the South. Mm-hmm. There's the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's the Midwest, mm-hmm. which is you know the even including like the Minnesota, Iowa, you know whatever. But the, our sort of our part of the country. Mm-hmm. Is this sort of void where, like, the only thing that is recognizable is like, okay, you go skiing here, or, <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's yeah. no or real cultural follow through. There's no cultural like through line. Exactly. I, wow. <laughs> I got real. <laughs> okay. Um, that was what I was gonna say. My the point I, I had before was that when you make movies like the like that anymore that are targeted at particular audiences, they have to be jokes. Like Talladega sure. Nights, like the Dukes of Hazard movie. Yeah. Um, they, they, they end up being jokes rather than sincere, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, Stroke Race is a joke. Sure. And yeah. it's a comedy, but it takes those people sincerely. Sure. Or, the only the, there's, two, there's two ways you could make a movie that was actually literally aimed right at uh, one particular uh, part of the country or demographic specifically. Right. You can do one for New York slash like Boston maybe. Yeah. Even though New York and Boston are very dissimilar in a lot of ways. You can do one for the Northeast. You can do it specifically for the Northeast. New York specifically. Or you can do one for LA. Speaking, you know, talking about the movie industry or LA story or... Mm-hmm you know, the player or whatever. You can still get away with that. Right. But that's about it. Yeah. I mean, it seems to me that the only people who do it somewhat sincerely anymore are the Coen brothers. Like Fargo. Yeah. 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 That kind of north, midwestern, seriously. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. With love kind of thing. Yeah, but it's still even a joke. But yeah, it's like sort of like I'm making fun of you because I love you kind of thing. Right. But yeah, I I don't know. I I'm not sure. I I would be. I think it would be a very hard thing to make a movie in the vein of sort of Stroker Ace. Yeah. Uh, these days, even as, even if you went going back all the way to freaking Days of Thunder, <laughs> that was sort of. I mean, that was sort of a NASCAR. You know, like the, you could tell the guy who wrote that was sort of like you know NASCAR. I like NASCAR, whatever. But. <laughs> You got okay. You got Tom Cruise to be in it. You got Tony Scott to direct it. Yeah, I mean that yeah. does that takes it out of the whole thing. You know, <laughs> right? It it classes it up a little. Yeah. Bit. <laughs> well, okay. Um, so, so I think that's enough about Stroke Race. I did want to mention though that Bert 
was supposed to be in Soap Dish, was supposed to have the Kevin Klein role. What? Really? Yeah, yeah, and Lonnie Anderson said, you can't do it. What? Because Hollywood would laugh at me. Because, of course, um, the, he and Sally Field had been together for right. a long time. Sure. So he th- she thought everybody would be laughing and that she was, he was back in the movie with Sally Field, yada, yada, so he passed on the movie. Um, he was also, and I cannot imagine this. You just blew my mind. I cannot imagine this. I'm going to blow okay. it again. Oh, God. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Burt Reynolds. Yeah. John McClane. What? He passed. What? Yeah. He, he really? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you imagine? You PKA motherfuckers. They, they, they literally, they offered that part to Burt Reynolds? Yes, they did. Wow. <laughs> you just totally blew my mind again, Phil. You didn't, you didn't disappoint on that particular <laughs> promise. Wow. Anyway, but moving on, what should we discuss next? Um... I don't know. I'm just still trying to think about <laughs> Burt Reynolds in fucking Die Hard. That was our trivia for the week. Okay. So, uh, let's see. Well, I will say, just as a time filler, as on my brain reboots, um, I did watch Legion. You said you had it on the top of your Netflix, so we won't discuss it this week. Mm. We will discuss it ne- next week. So that's our coming attractions, is okay. Legion, uh, which uh, I definitely will... You know, have some things to say about. <laughs> um, I got a dime of mine. Yeah, yeah. I got a soapbox. I'm gonna use it. Damn it. <laughs> what else do we got? I forgot now. Like um, I said, you scrambled my brain. Uh, let's see. We got. Uh, you want to do the the political theme ones? I guess. Sure. It, it uh, could be fun. It could be a little contentious. Ooh, I, I like contentious. Know. We'll see. So I watched a kind of a stream of politically themed films this week, or quote unquote politically themed films. <laughs> um, Murder at sixteen hundred. Ooh, the so Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes, Diane Lane, and I felt bad for Ronnie Cox and Alan Alda, who were I don't know about Ronnie Cox, but Alan Alda was doing a little bit of slumming in the picture. Yeah, Alan Alda. Yeah, okay. So give the background for the movie, just so. So okay, woman found dead uh, at the White House. And uh, Wesley Snipes is the DC detective who's called in to investigate the crime. Looking and, very slick, by the way. Yeah, he had very good suits. Although I couldn't help wondering that it probably wasn't cast with him in mind because I couldn't, I could not, for the life of me, see Wesley Snipes actually building those little models of like Antietam. Yeah, I was no. like, really? Wesley Snipes is going to sit there and like <laughs> glue that tree on? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, no, this is obviously not In between something... judo kicks? Yeah, no, it was... Pr- I, I got the same impression. I was thinking, they had somebody else in mind yeah. when they were writing this. But so, okay, go ahead. Um, so, anyway, so called in to, in- to investigate murder... Uh, begins at sixteen hundred people. Way, way, way. <laughs> um, and of my favorite actor of all time, uh, bald guy, motherfucker. Why? How did I just lose his name? Uh, murder one and uh, oh, screwed. Um, Chickless? No, Chick- screwed. Uh, yeah, Michael. Uh, Mike. Michael. No. Oh God. Um, the we, his, his picture is on one. I of know our it's not Michael Chiklis. It's uh, you, you, that guy. Whatever. <laughs> I keep wanting to say Jan, Daniel J. Travanti, but that's it's not his name. Daniel Benzali. Yes, but something Benzali. Maybe Michael Benzali. Daniel. Benzali. God damn it. Benzali's his last name. Yes. Um, so anyway, he's the head of White House security. With that yeah, voice, right? Yeah. And uh, and Ronnie Cox, who I love, Ronnie Cox. Um, is the president, uh, and I'm shaking my hand like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't elect a, a, a sketchy looking guy like Ronnie Cox. I know, I'd be thinking of those eyes bugging out in Total Recall. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and Alan Alda is like his chief of staff. And so yada, 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 tracking down murder, uh, leads to president's son, but that's a ruse. Oh no, it's over here. Oh no, it's over there. Ooh, it's all communism was just a red herring. <laughs> a red herring. Um, and uh, eventually, are we giving away the ending? I think it's uh, twenty spoiler, years. It's spoiler, 20, spoiler alert! It's if twenty years cares. old. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, so it ends up that um, that it's like a coup uh, against. Um, 
Ronnie Cox by Alan Alda, who wants to invade North Korea to get some troops back. Yeah. And uh, and so uh, he convinces he they they're framing the president's son so he'll resign uh, because they say if you resign we won't investigate the son yada yada and it, once he when he resigns they're going to invade North Korea. Sure, it's sort of like this blackmail slash uh, coup slash right. weird. You know, Daniel Benzali gets shot in his <laughs> living room. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but it's 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 not like a god awful movie, and it's not the Glimmer Man. <laughs> so it it merely resides in that in that you know realm of pictures that's like. Uh, good on a Saturday afternoon. Sure, like if you got nothing else to watch, eh, it's not gonna, you know, it's you not gonna know, annoy you. Your eyeballs will not explode or something. <laughs> no, I just my impression of Murder at sixteen hundred was that um, is that for one, it was sort of it was a little too convoluted. It was, you know, and it was like, okay. I get the fact that there's all these political machinations going on and all this stuff, right. but really, I mean, who would have really thought this would work? You know, uh, when it came to, if you look at the story, it's like, you go, well, I can see, yeah, you know, maybe it, it's theoretically sort of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but really, how would this work? Yeah. And, um, Diane Lane was completely wasted in that movie. <laughs> Not wasted like drunk or something, but like... <laughs> I'm just imagining that. Like, <laughs> God damn you, Wesley Snipes! I was a serious service. I was a serious service, you motherfucker! Yeah. No, I just... Diane Lane was sort of like... Well, she was miscast. It's... it's yeah. She, she doesn't have the gravitas to, to uh, play a Secret Service agent. I didn't really necessarily think that. I did. Well, okay. But I think that Diane Lane was almost sort of the... the, the if, this is going to sound weird. If you want to say there's a weak link in that movie besides the glaringly obvious one, uh, it was <laughs> Diane Lane. The glaringly obvious one was the, uh, the Wesley Snipes character. Yeah. Because it was such a contradiction of... Like, okay, he's this... Uh, this DC detective who somehow knows all these things about the government that people aren't really necessarily supposed to know. Right. And then also, he's this black guy with these sort of semi-pimp suits on. And uh, <laughs> you're going, well, okay. Uh, right. You know. And his partner was Dennis Miller. Yeah. And, and he, that's the second time. What's with the Dennis... Okay, this is a very common theme that we're talking about considering we're, one of the movies we're going to talk about. Yeah. What happened? What happened with Dennis Miller in that real brief period? He was in these weird, like thrillers. Like he got cast in these thrillers. Uh huh. As always, a sidekick. Sidekick. It's like Dennis Miller's agent decided, "Ooh, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make him the thriller sidekick, uh, <laughs> and I'm going to get it in there." And it worked. It did for a while. Uh, that is just the most random. I I don't know how you go from you know the 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 whatever that. Saturday Night Live to, you know, like, Murder at 1600. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's what always, he made in the 90s was that and The Net and, you know, yeah. a bunch of other... And he's just, like, always the one movies. going, you know... Bordello the, of Blood. Well, that was sort of an aberration, but... <laughs> like, you know, he's always this sort of semi-snarky one who actually has the serious side. Semi-snarky? Well, whatever, you know. <laughs> but so, anyway, back to Murder at 1600... Um, Daniel Benzali is the guy's yes. name. Yes. Um, he, uh, he's always the one, and I always thought that he was perfectly cast and screwed because even though he's in all these, like, serious, you know, whatever movies, uh -huh. he always looks like he's always, he, he always looked to me like he's sort of going, yeah, whatever. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, he always Pretty has much. that look on his face sort of like, yeah, like, yeah. I'm taking this more seriously than I should. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> oh, really? That's my line? You know? Um, so, Murder at 1600, I, I always remember Alan Alda as like... Yeah, I, he really goes off the deep end at the end, like, meet the president! And he's got yeah. that ridiculous, and I was like, you are an insult to this country! 
Yeah. <laughs> That's the end of the movie. I always saw, I always thought Alan Alda, and the thing that's funny to me is that because of the fact that I never really watched Mash very much, right? Little I don't. Before my time or your time. Yeah, I know. Ne- I never. Most people would remember Alan Alda from Mash, right? But I never had that Mash impression of Alan Alda, so I always had Alan Alda as like impression of, in my mind as this semi sort of granola head, like. <laughs> Uh, you know, real sort of kind of laid back, you know, maybe sort of make some wisecracks here and there kind of thing. Right. And that part was so not that at all. <laughs> it was like this real high strung government official and it's oh, like, yeah. that really? Alan Alda? You know? Okay. Um, so, yeah, murder, uh, murder at 1600. Generally... Mediocre, yeah. From beginning to end, mediocre. What was the other? What was the other one? It was like the, the if the murder at sixteen hundred was the deep impact. What was the Armageddon to that? Well, I thought I think that came out around the same time as like in the Line of Fire, which no, there was another one. I swear. And now this. Well, the is, only one I can think of is Absolute Power, but that came out like five or six years later. Yeah, no, there, I swear there was another one, and I'm going to have to look this up because it was one of those ones, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I got the impression it was, like I said, it was like the Deep Impact Armageddon, the, you know, the movies that like sort of raced each other to get the same... Uh, yeah, but I'm, thi- I'm thinking the, the only thing from that time period that I can remember is, like I said, In the Line of Fire. Oh, no, there was another one. Damn it, okay. We're gonna have to put this up on the on the website, maybe as something like a comment or something, because <laughs> I I can't remember. But there, I know there was another one. There was, uh, was maybe. it? What was the Charlie Sheen one with the helicopter, the little toy helicopter? That yeah, that was. They were not in competing. That's the shadow conspiracy. Maybe that's what I was thinking. Was it? I think you're right. I think there was some perceived like really similar movie to Murder at 1600 that came out uh, before Murder at 1600, but I cannot remember what exactly it was. Okay. And I know when I, if I look it up, I'm going to be like, oh, duh. Right, <laughs> yeah. But for right now, I can't think of it. This is why we don't have real-time research, because it's so <laughs> much funnier if we don't. <laughs> We're just like, uh, But, dude. so, uh, in that vein, I also watched some other paranoid political pictures, Ooh. like um, The Domino Principle from, like, 1974. Which I have not seen. Okay. It's with uh, Gene Hackman and Candy Bergen and Richard Widmark and a few other people. And uh, it's... I I made you watch the Parallax View, right? Yeah. Which is one of my all-time favorites where um, Warren Beatty is is guided, kind of pushed as a reporter into being Mm -hmm. an assassin. Sure. This is like the reverse of that where the assassin company comes and gets... Gene Hackman and says, we'll get you out of prison if you assassinate this dude for us and then we'll let you go. Oh, awesome. So, I'd take that deal. So, you know, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> they get him out of prison and it's kind of paranoid. They go to Mexico with Candy Bergen. Ooh, so beach. did I. And believe me, that in was a, fun. In a VW thing, which is one of my all-time favorite <laughs> Yeah, I cars. love those. I love things. But anyway. Um, I love things too. There are certain things... No, I love VW things. Okay, sorry. I'm trying um, to like sort of joke, <laughs> joke this up a little. No, no joke. <laughs> um, but so it's it's actually decent. You know, it's it's in the same vein with uh, with Gene Hackman's kind of French Connection roles, where he's he's just staring at the screen for a while, going "You're a little punk" kind of thing, you know? <laughs> right? And uh, and uh, by the end, it's fairly interesting, uh, but then it kind of just yeah. You know that I don't. Hmm. It's well, it's it's not a bad movie, but it's not a it it doesn't reach kind of the same heights that the Parallax View, which is its closest. Yeah, that thing. sounds like the most apt comparison I could think of. Right. Well, the Parallax View was great though. I mean, it was a good movie. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I'm not I'm not sure if I'm a big uh, Warren Beatty guy, but uh, you know, yeah. Warren Beatty actually. Uh, it's funny to me to think about Warren Beatty. He made if you think about it. 
especially in the sort of like the 70s to maybe early 80s, mm. made a bunch of movies that are considered really good movies. I right. mean, like really great movies, mm-hmm. you know, and Parallax View. I mean, I don't know about Parallax View so much, but like Reds, um, you know, All Presence Men, no. you know. What? Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman. Oh, yeah, that, you know. That, <laughs> what was I thinking of? I don't um, know, Bonnie and Clyde. Well, Bonnie and Clyde. Um, uh, oh, did I say all right? Shampoo. Shampoo. Hair. Heaven can wait. Heaven can wait. Well, considered a classic, I mean, but it's a piece of shit. It's not a very good movie, but for yeah. some reason, it's considered a great movie. Yeah. Anyway. My favorite Warren Beatty movie ever. Dick Tracy. Damn it! <laughs> We've actually talked about movies way too much. <laughs> What's that kid's name? Something Corsmo. Charlie Corsmo. There you go. You're a big Charlie Corsmo fan. I'm totally a Charlie Corsmo. <laughs> and Charlie Corsmo, why don't you give me a call if you're working on a new project? I'll uh, punch up the script for you. <laughs> After two bottles of wine, is my <laughs> somebody will shoot me up with Thorazine. And then a movie I can recommend if you've got access to the Sundance Channel. I watched this Korean picture about the assassination of their president in 1979. Totally weird picture. Kind of funny. It's like half a satire. Um, but, uh, so, like, at dinner one night, while the president's got these hookers with him, and, and this guy had been, a, a, like, a, a dictator for, f- for 15 years or something, and, uh, and the head of the Korean CIA, which I found, funnily, was actually called the Korean CIA, um, <laughs> <laughs> the head of the Korean was CIA... Was it not called the MTBIA? <laughs> um, just, like, goes nuts and, and says, you know what, tonight's the night, I'm gonna kill him, so get ready. And so he just walks in there with a gun and <laughs> kills the, uh, the, the president and, like, one of the other people at dinner. And then, like, just wanders around trying to convince the rest of the government that, oh, you know, we need to appoint a new leader. And don't worry about what's happened to the president. Just just say it's bad. And so finally somebody else says, you know, it was that guy that killed him. And he gets arrested and taken away and, and executed eventually. But it, it, it's... A Sounds good, hilarious. It's... It, Surprisingly, I was laughing. It is a satire. It takes these historical events, which which are known to be true, and twists them because they are just that weird bit crazy. Yeah. And well, <laughs> you know, you can never get crazier than real life. I yeah. Mean. But anyway, if you, it's called the president's last bang, and uh, you yeah, made yeah, the obvious yeah. joke, the Bill Clinton is it about Bill Clinton? <laughs> uh, but no, it's about the Korean president and. Uh, so catch it on Sundance Channel. I think it's still playing. That's yeah. That actually, that just the way that you described it sounds to me like it's so kind of absurd that I may have to watch it. <laughs> I mean, come on, you know. Uh, don't worry about the president. Uh, he just got shot, but uh, uh, you look like a good guy to be president. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, you got a, you got a nice face. You know, <laughs> you got an honest face. <laughs> oh my goodness! And I think we'll finish up this segment by talking about the next. The net, which is, okay, this is not necessarily the segment, which, uh, the political thing. Which will, it's not going to continue, it's, but it's, it's kind of like, they're all, they're all kind of paranoid. Yeah, yeah, call, yeah. Quote, unquote, political. Well, groups. there is the part at the beginning, of, okay, and I'll do the background for the net one. Right. Okay. So, in the net, Sandra Bullock plays this, uh, computer genius, which, right there is a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> Not to say that Sandra Bullock is dumb or something, but I have never met a computer, uh, like, nerdy type of chick that looks like Sandra Bullock. Um, she sequesters herself in her house all the time. Right. Nobody knows she lives there, basically. Uh-huh. And that's a fairly important point at one point in the movie. Um, she goes to... She works for some company, but she never actually goes to the company to work. She uh, gets some weird computer virus from this friend of hers. Uh, he, uh, he's like, well, we might need to look into this. It's like a computer hacker virus. And because at the time, computer hackers didn't really need to be very well defined. Right. It just needed to be like people who could do things with computers that were like not something you could do with a computer. Exactly. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, she, she's this computer genius and this friend of hers sends her this computer uh, hacking virus, whatever. And she's like, ooh, this is important. We should check this out. But before I do that, I'm going to take a vacation to Mexico. (laughs) 
So she gets stranded in Mexico. She meets this very smooth guy. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Northam, if I'm not correct. correct. If I'm incorrect. Yes. Not incorrect. Um, <laughs> she goes and she, uh, she you know, she uh, bangs Jeremy Northam on the boat. Uh, he tries to kill her. Uh, he pretends that he's the good guy. Mm-hmm. She gets stuck in Mexico because somebody has erased her identity using, Ooh, dun, dun, dun. using what? Computers. And what else? The interwebs. Exactly. And so she's stuck in Mexico. And so she has to get out of Mexico by giving a false name. And that's well, they, they think she's Ruth Marks. Right. But she's not Ruth Marks. Exactly. So Ruth Marks comes back. Ooh, Ruth Marks as the alias of uh, Sandra Bullock. Angela Bennett. Angela Bennett <laughs> comes back to the U.S. And it turns out that Ruth Marks is a crack hoe. Or something, <laughs> right? They they give her quite the uh, the, the <laughs> list of priors. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, she has to figure out the the she has to figure out how it is that um, somebody stole her identity, erased her identity, fucked with her this whole time, and for what reason? Right. Turns out, and this is the paranoid part. Right. That there was a senator of the United States no, no, Senate. No, no, no. You're wrong. Who killed himself. No, 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 you're wrong. Okay. Correct <laughs> me then. It was the Undersecretary of Defense. Okay, sorry. Who killed himself because they'd hacked into his medical files and told him told he, had he had AIDS. AIDS. And he was like the most homophobic, paranoid, like, uh, oh my God, whatever, I, you right. know, I hate the gays kind uh-huh. of thing. Um, so they told him he had AIDS, killed himself, and then it turns out, Sandra Bullock finds out, ooh, his AIDS test was negative. Dun, dun, dun. I got the little finger in the corner of my mouth. <laughs> um, so anyway, it was like this big paranoid thing where they erased her identity and gave her a new one and fucked with her and everything else over the internet. The thing that I love about that movie is that at the time, there's, there's two mindsets that I have about that movie. Mm. At the time, it was fairly... It was fairly. It was written to the point where people who were watching it would know enough about the internet or computers or whatever to go, "Oh, this is this possible? You can do this." Blah blah blah. But then here's the thing. Here's okay. the, I'm going to respond to that point. I don't mean to interrupt. Okay, you. okay. I think here, uh, I as I recall seeing that movie when we worked at the movie theater when I was 16 or whatever. Um, I remember thinking the movie was ridiculous because you couldn't order pizza online. You, you couldn't, could, right. You couldn't do those things that she's doing in the movie where everybody was like, yeah, whatever. Right. Um, but the, the message of the movie, though, seems more oppression now. I th- yeah. I think the, those, uh, those issues of privacy, privacy and, and uh, manipulation of your data and stuff is far more real now than it was 15 years ago. Sure. When that movie came out. When most people, I think, thought it was silly. Sure. But see, here's the thing. What I was going to say was that, um, you know, the ordering the pizza thing or whatever. I think that the reason, I could, and I could be wrong. I didn't write the fucking thing. But I, um, I think what it was is that it was to sort of illustrate the fact that she was a, she was a internet user. Who knew what she was doing, and she was sort of on the upper echelon of the internet, you know, elite at that point. Right. There were many, many, many things in that movie. They watching it. <laughs> I watched it like two weeks ago. Mm. Watching it now, you go, you couldn't have done that back then, you know, whatever. Right. But at the same time, I think that that was put in there. To sort of to sort of illustrate, oh look, you know, she knows what she's doing. She's on. She's better at the internet than you are, AOL user. <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> but um, you're right, though. I mean, the, the the issues there are ones that actually have more re- resonance now mm-hmm. than then because. Uh, you know, you can actually do a lot of those things now. Mm-hmm. So, and then she, oh, oh, I was going to say, one of the other things, just to use your example of ordering pizza online, (laughs) um, she, she confirmed her airline ticket. 
online. Yeah. And it's like, you couldn't do that until about five years ago. <laughs> you know, and this movie came out in like 1996. <laughs> you know? And she picked what seats she yeah, wanted. Yeah. There's no way to do that. Mm-hmm. And I love, the one thing I love and hate about every sort of internet-based movie mm-hmm. is that everything is graphical. Everything is graphical-based. Everything when, has a little cartoon the, <laughs> or a picture or like, you know, you can be like, you can like get this little cartoonish picture of a plane and click on the seat you want. No! You can't even do that now. Yes, you can. Well, you can do that on Frontier. I'll oh, well, you. Frontier. Good for you. Word up. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? It, it's true. And, and, so much, and in more interesting ways, though, too, um, everything has a, a visual thing. I mean... You know, most of the time, if you get a virus, your computer just fucks up, and you get the blue screen of death, or mm-hmm. or you, all of a sudden you just can't use it anymore. It just sits there and looks at but you like a. In reaper. that one, you know, don't hit the escape key, and then like all of your page melts. I'm yeah, like, yeah. really? That yeah. would be a lot of programming. Oh yeah, totally. Well, and then the thing too is, it's like, here's what I didn't. And I still can't figure this out. And this is a very nitpicky thing. And we're on the internet, so fuck you. If you're listening to this, you know about the internet. Um, <laughs> but they were, like, talking about, okay, here's this weird, like, little obscure band website. Mozart's uh, Guess! Yeah! The rockin'est band on the internet! Right. Or whatever. Oh. And um, this website, apparently... You could just click on the little thing in the corner, which is right there. I know. It's, like, it's and you're such like, an and obvious backdoor. Who wouldn't like, what the hell is that? Click. And oh, the Department of Defense. <laughs> you know, what the fuck was that? Launch ICBM. <laughs> I know. It was such like an some, obvious yeah, backdoor. Like, you're like, like, I mean, maybe back then, it would, people were like, it's a web page. Yeah, you know, yeah. but, but today, people would be like, what's that? Click. Yeah. Well, and it's like, you know. And she didn't even have to, I love the part about how she didn't even have to put in a password or a website or, or like a, or not a website, but like a password or a, a whatever. She'd just click on it and it'd be like, it would do that weird little thing that they always do with like the oh. websites that go by at like 35 a second. And then it'd be like, Department of Defense. And you'd be like, wow, that well, was easy. What, what was interesting though was when she first got it, she didn't have to do that. But later when she tried to use it, she needed a password. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that was great, too, was that, and I love this about, and this was actually fairly accurate, Mm -hmm. but I love the fact that you could put somebody's entire website on a floppy disk. (laughs) You know, they're like, he, the guy sends her the floppy disk, and he's like, hey, load this up. And she's like, ooh, this is the uh, website, you know, and it's like the entire website (laughs) for this band flits on the fucking floppy disk. Mm-hmm. And it's a little skull going arr, 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 arr. <laughs> you know that's <Yeah>. awesome <laughs> I am such a nerd you okay are. so anyway the net I think that um, the one thing that really got me about the net was that for one like you know like we had said before there's the way that they made it play out in the movie There, you would never have been able to do that at the time Right. You'd never be able to do that at the time. Mm-hmm. For another thing, you know, uh, the fact that nobody ever saw this woman coming in and out of her house ever <laughs> was a little bit of a stretch. Right. Because it's, you know, even the UPS guy that delivered her the... He would know she was. Yeah, right. He's like, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, and she's like... Uh, I got a package going out too. He's like, oh, thanks, Miss Bennett. You know, it's like, why don't you just call him and be like, yeah, she lives here. <laughs> I know. I love the weird, like, scene in the movie where for some reason she calls her Alzheimer's ridden mother and goes, tell these people who I am. Like, She's got Alzheimer's. She don't know the fuck you are. Yeah, she didn't. Call was, FedEx and you say that guy who came to my house all the time. You established it at the very beginning of the movie that she didn't remember who you were. Exactly. Because, oh, can you bring me some candy? Oh, it's me, Mom. You know, whatever. Right. Uh, whatever. And I love the Jeremy Northam late 90s haircut. That was awesome. I just, I, these are these little uh, details that I <laughs> noticed for some reason. Jeremy Northam, what happened to that guy? He was in, what was that Nicole Kidman movie? 
He was in a, uh, uh, the invasion a couple years ago. Oh right. Okay, Jeremy North. I'm sorry, I disrespected you there for a minute. <laughs> he was in Mimic. <laughs> we'll <laughs> always remember Jeremy Northam from Mimic. <laughs> I just you when you were and this is obviously not a video <laughs> video podcast, but the fact that you had your hand out there to the left and your like sort of your eyebrow cocked a little bit. I saw you just with like a, a little snifter of brandy going and oh Jeremy Northam, yes, he's a he's a jolly good fellow. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so let's take us out on a bang. We got anything else? I don't know. Did you want to talk about either of those, or are we just done? Uh, oh well, you know what? Capturing the Freedmen's. Ooh, I don't know. Very little I time think I, there. Yeah, I know. We're already at an hour four, and that could okay. take us a while. You want to? You want to save that for next time? Okay. All right. Just just so everybody, you know, has has a has has a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> um, Next week, we'll discuss capturing the Freedmen's. What will happen? Who will think what? Tune in to find out. Whoa. Whoa. Wow, that was good. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you. That was awesome. <laughs> Legion. Yes. And that. Um, okay. Where can you find us, Amos? We can be found at... <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Am I doing <laughs> the website or the, or the email address? <laughs> Podcastmachine.com or iTunes, yada yada, download us, listen to us, you probably already are. Tell your friends, people. Tell your friends. You know what? Um, Honestly, here's the thing. I have been promoting, and I did. I sort of did this for a little while, I, I had a big lull doing it, and now I'm doing it again. <laughs> I'm actively promoting us on other websites, uh, podcasts that I listen to, whatever. Um, so, we will reciprocate any plugs that we get. Uh, so... Podcast machine, 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 machine. slash fourteen ninety two. Uh, iTunes, do a search for "Can you fucking believe it?" You can email us at canyoufbi at gmail Nobody ever does, but yeah, the yeah, options there. The options there. Ooh, I have a good idea for a segment next week. Oh. Um, and let me know. And this is this is also going out to listeners for feedback. Do, 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 do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the little. Uh, you know, Braille or uh, Morse code machine. Dee, 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 dee. Any listeners out there listening? Um, I meant it as like breaking news. Why does no one ever get that? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. remember when you you turn? Oh, never mind. Anyway. Yes, we all remember, Phil. No. Anyway. No, I don't think you do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so go on. Segment next week. Segment next week. And I know that you uh, get on. Line and have your emails and in the interwebs <laughs> and everything. You're getting on the interwebs. You're getting you're on the interwebs. Emailing okay. people in okay. Thailand. <laughs> okay, here's here's my here's my segment idea. And any listeners that will uh, that are listening are welcome to uh, submit them. Best subject line of a spam email that you've gotten. How does that relate to the topic? Of it the doesn't at all. But I thought it was funny. Nah. nah, fine. Whatever. Anyway. If you want to do it, if you've got something to contribute, contribute. We'll talk. This is not a rehearsed podcast, people. Clearly. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Email us at canyoufbi at gmail.com. Uh, find us on iTunes on a search for Can You Fucking Believe It? And for whatever reason, iTunes blanks F- out the... Star, star, star. Yeah, star. yeah. Uh, Go to podcastmachine.com slash podcast slash 1492. Call my cell phone. Uh, <laughs> stop me on the street. Uh, <laughs> I'm true that guy from that TV. No, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I've oh, never seen a picture from you. Go to the uh, go to the forums. And this is just, this is a desperate link. Go to the forums of uh, MaximumFun.org under the uh, stop podcasting yourself what, uh, podcast. I put my link in there. I put up a response. I swear, I'm like practically begging for Check responses. Check us on Facebook. Oh, Facebook, yeah. Um, if you know where to go. I think this is entirely right? too much information. So, okay. can you fucking believe it? It's over today. Yeah, it's done. Word. <laughs>